This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. I heard the story years ago of a man who had a nephew that he was really fond of. And the nephew ended up uh, getting transferred down to South America. He worked in Brazil for an oil company, but he really loved his uncle and his auntie. And so every year he would mail them a Christmas present and give them a phone call. And so one year he mails them uh, an exotic bird. And this bird was amazing. The uncle tells the story. He said this bird was so beautiful. He was green. He had little yellow on top of his head, red feathers, uh, had this curved beak. He was just this gorgeous bird. And so the aunt and uncle, they got together and they decided the bird got delivered on Christmas Eve and they decided this would be the perfect bird for Christmas dinner. And so the auntie, uh, you know, made the bird, cooked the bird up and she had the dressing and the cranberry sauce and the whole deal, all the vegetables and everything was amazing. And so on Christmas night, they got the call from the nephew and he says, hey, uncle, how you doing? Merry Christmas. Did you receive my gift? And the uncle said, you mean the bird? That bird was amazing. He said, yeah, what did you think of it? He said, well, what did I think of it? First of all, the bird was beautiful, but then it was the best tasting bird I've ever had. And the nephew was like, what? What do you mean? He said, well, we just cooked it for you. Auntie made it for Christmas dinner. She cooked it to perfection. It was just amazing. Thank you so much. And the nephew said, what are you talking about? That bird cost a fortune. That bird could speak four languages. And all of a sudden, the uncle was silent. And then he said, well, then he should have said something. (laughs) And let me tell you, isn't it true in life? that we find ourselves in difficult situations. And you know what? We need to say something. We need to know what to say. And that's where the power of our words come into play. And that's exactly why I wrote the book, Voice Activated. Um, It's the power of words. It's a book on prayer, how to discover your identity, define your life, and declare your future. Um, That's why this book was important to me. And you know what? The, The thing about it is, is that our words are pretty meaningless unless we really know the Word of God. The Word of God is filled with uh, Scripture and prayers and the power of declarations and what happens when we speak. After all, the very word we world we live in, uh, out of Genesis 1, we know it was created by the words of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit together. Um, as, as, a, as a spirit creating words and, and, and the power of words uh, literally create the world uh, that we live in. And so in Hebrews um, chapter 11, I just want to read a couple scriptures today because I feel like um, it's so important that we understand the power of our voice. But listen to this in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, it says, faith empowers us 
to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. God spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to everything that we see. See, there's an invisible realm that listens to our words. Yeah, that's right. There's an invisible realm. There's the powers of good and evil uh, that listen to our words. And we can come into agreement with good and with the power of God. And we can actually come into agreement with the powers of darkness, with, with our words in the, in, and our speech. And this is why understanding that power, understanding the influence that words has, understanding what the scripture says. I mean, consider that persons created in the image of the creator are also themselves creative. Yeah, we're in the image of the creator and we are formed by the creator and therefore we ourselves are creative by nature and we can partner with that creative power in the Holy Spirit um, and in the unseen realm. We create our own words. And as a matter of fact, I was reading through the scripture just recently and recognizing there's so many Bible characters that created their worlds by their words. Just think about Jacob. Uh, Jacob spoke in ignorance and he released a word curse over Rachel, who later died in childbirth. And this was the wife that he dearly loved. David barely escaped his own death when he spoke to the prophet Nathan and he said, the man who's done this deserves to die. And, and I think the word deserves actually saved David's life because he didn't sentence his own self to death. He was actually speaking about himself without knowing that he was the one who committed that crime in, uh, in God's world, in God's eyes. And then, of course, Ruth, she uses her own words to Naomi, uh, probably unknowingly, but she positioned herself to eventually meet Boaz, who's the man of her dreams. She only positioned herself, she only met Boaz because she talked to Naomi and she declared her future. And then, of course, listen to this scripture in Jeremiah chapter 15. Uh, oftentimes, I think people uh, overlook uh, what uh, the prophet is saying about words and what God is saying about words. Basically, God in Jeremiah 15, he's telling Jeremiah what's about to happen to Jerusalem. And Jeremiah is whining about it. Yeah, the Bible actually uses the word whining. He says Jeremiah is whining. He's complaining to God about what God said he's going to do to Jerusalem because of their sin. And here's what verse 19 says in Jeremiah chapter 15. Um, this is Jeremiah speaking. He says, this is how God answered me. Wow. This is how God answered me. God said this to Jeremiah. Take back those words and I'll take you back. Then you'll stand tall before me. Use words truly and well. Don't stoop to cheap whining. Then, but only then, you'll speak for me. Let your words change them. Don't change your words to suit them. Wow. Let your words change them. Mean, who's them? That's Israel. That, that's the people of God. And, and God is correcting Jeremiah. And he says, hey, your words need to change the people. You're the prophet. Don't let the people change your words. I mean, God says, Jeremiah, take back your words and I'll take you back. I mean, imagine that. Imagine in our own life where we are maybe complaining or whining and God's saying, I need you to take back your words. 
Take them back so I can take you back. Take back those evil words. Take back those depressive words. It's not that God doesn't care about our feelings. It's not that you can't give your, um, your sincere feelings to God. No, of course he cares for us. But there are seasons in our life where God's like, you gotta, you've got to see things from my perspective. You can't, you can't allow people to change what you're saying. You've got to say what I'm saying. And there are times where God says, Bill, I need you to take your words back. I need you to repent. I need you to take those words back. And I need you to say what I have to say. I need you to, and if you don't know, I need you to hear me. If you don't know what I gotta say, I need you to get in my word. I need you to, to research what I have to say about the state of your life right now. And that's where the power of words are so significant. Listen to the words of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I know this is a lot of scripture, but like I said, in order for us to understand the power of our words, we have to understand what God says about words. This is Jesus himself talking. He says this, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. That's me and you. That's everybody on planet Earth. That's everybody who's ever lived. These are the words of Christ Jesus. And he says, be careful about careless words. I mean, I realize careless words, those are just the things we say um, without giving much thought to them. There are things we say in our home, things we say to ourselves, things we say to our spouse, things we say to our friends. And we think it's innocent. We think it might be a safe spot. And we just start spouting off and spewing out things. But you know what? Who cares? God cares. Yeah, he does. He says, be careful of the careless words you speak. Now, why is he saying that? I want to tell you about three things about words in this first um, topic about voice activated. Uh, the first thing is that words are spirit. Yeah, see, words are more than just something that we learn in the English language in school. All words are spirit. Listen to what John chapter 6 says. The spirit alone, this is Jesus talking, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The very words of Jesus are spirit. The very words that we speak we speak them and they are spirit. After all, the Bible also tells us that God is spirit. He looks for those who worship in spirit and in truth. We worship in spirit. Yeah, we use words in worship. We bow down and worship. Our physical bodies do things in worship. But as we do it, we do it in spirit. And God is spirit. You know, Jesus, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were spirit. Jesus was spirit before he became flesh. The Bible says in John 1 that this Jesus Christ, the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus himself, in the very beginning, was spirit. Now Jesus himself is the man. We know he's the God-man, and he's in heaven, make, forever making intercession for us. What's Jesus doing right now in heaven? He's using his words, and he's praying and interceding for us. All of creation was bought about through the power of words. So words are spirit and words are power. Yeah, words are spirit 
and words are power. They are powerful. Listen to Proverbs chapter 18. This is um, the primary scripture where I wrote voice activated um, because this scripture will change your life if you understand the power of it. Here's what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love words will eat their fruit. Those who love the power of words will eat its fruit. And isn't it interesting that it uses the word death before life? I mean, I find that kind of troublesome. It uses the word, God's speaking to us about the power of words, and he uses the word uh, about the negative before the positive. And you know why that's the case, I believe? I believe it's easy for us with an unrenewed mind to go right to the negative. When something happens in life, we can go right to the negative. And the negative, it's like driving a car. I mean, you have, you've got multiple lanes. And we can live in the negative lane, but I want to live in the life lane. And God wants us to live in the life lane. But it's easy for us to get into, with an unrenewed mind, with a carnal nature, it's easy for us to all automatically go right to the negative lane of life. But when we go there, we eat the fruit of those words. And the fruit of those words lead to death. When we're always complaining about our family, complaining about our spouse, complaining about our job, complaining about our church, complaining about our friends and our neighbors, when we're complaining about life, we're complaining about um, circumstances, the government, all these things, when we go there, we've chosen to go through the dotted line, okay? You're, You're crossing the dotted line and you're getting into the negative and we get into the negative and that's the death lane and it only leads to death. Because our voices, the, the, the destination of that lane of life is death. But God wants us to be in the life lane. God wants us to say, you know what, Lord, right now the circumstances of my life are, are really frustrating. They're kind of terrible. Me and my wife aren't getting along or me and my kids aren't getting along. Uh, I just lost my job. You know, all these things. I mean, God cares about real life situations. And, but God wants us to understand his perspective and start to speak life into our circumstances, speak life into uh, the dead things. I mean, just like God looked at Ezekiel and Ezekiel, he says, what do you see? I just see dry bones, Lord. There was a whole army, a whole Israeli army that has been slaughtered and dead. And they are, I mean, these bones, I mean, they, they had already gone through decay and all of this. And God says, what do you see? I just see death. God says, I see something different. Speak to the dry bones. Tell him to live. Speak to the dry bones. Tell him to live. And Ezekiel, the prophet, begins to share the very words of God. And you know what happened? Life came into the bones and breath came into those bones. And they were powerful because words are powerful. And we've got to remember this. Jesus called the devil the father of lies. See, Satan himself is the father of lies. What are lies? Lies are words. And Satan himself uses words to, to trick us, uses words to lie to us. Um, all words are spirit, but they're not all life. Yeah, they're all spirit by nature, but words are not all life. And the devil wants to play upon that. And the final thing here is words are swords. Words are spirit, words are powerful, and words are swords. Listen to the scripture in Psalm 55. His speech was smoother than butter, 
but his heart was war. His words were softer than oil. They were drawn swords. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. See, words are swords. They cut through. Remember what the scripture says in Ephesians, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Why do we want words from God that are swords? Because every day in life we face a spiritual battle. And see, even the father of lies, what does the devil come at us with? He comes at us with uh, fiery darts of the enemy. And we have fiery darts of the enemy. We have a shield of faith, but we have the sword of the spirit. What's the sword? It's the word. It's the word of God in our mouths. And it's so very true. I want you to think about this. The, the enemy, the father of lies, he's an accuser. The Bible says that he's the accuser of the brethren. So an accuser, an accusation uses words. Yeah, by nature, accusations are words. So the accuser, the devil, uses words. And guess what? When we accuse our brothers and sisters, we are actually partnering with the enemy. So an accuser uses words. But guess what? A testimony uses words too. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And when we testify about God's goodness, we're using our words and those are life-giving words. And finally, rejoicing uses words. When we rejoice, when we lift our hands, when we praise God, when we give God thanksgiving, we're using words. And think about the power of words, the testimony and rejoicing and how much more powerful that is than the words of the accuser. And I wanna just, with end with this, your self-talk matters. My self-talk matters. The way I talk about myself internally matters because the words I say about myself when I look in the mirror, the words I say about myself when I'm driving down the car, driving down the road in the car and I'm just talking and praying to God, the words I say about myself actually matter because I can partner with death or I can partner with life. And I want to encourage you, use your voice for a reason. Use your voice, be voice activated in your life to to define and declare the very future that you have in in the spirit, in the kingdom of God. God's got an amazing plan for your life, but he wants you and he wants me to join with him with the power of our words. 